This is episode 12 of One Page at a Time, How to Tell the Truth About Santa with Martha Brokenbrough. Podcasting from Virginia and Dubai. This is One Page at a Time, where we bring you strategies and resources for using books in your home. We are your hosts, Jill and Amanda. All right. So before we start today's interview episode, anything, we have an announcement and then we have a disclaimer. (laughs) Or maybe we should do the disclaimer first. I don't know. What do you think, Jill? We can do the announcement first. Let's do the announcement (laughs) first. Then I think we need to do the disclaimer. So it's fresh in everyone's minds before we start this interview. Oh, good thinking. Okay. So our announcement, Jill, what do we have coming out? Well, seeing as it is Christmas time, and we are big fans of Christmas around these parts, we are doing a 12 Days of Christmas books. So starting on the day that is 12 days before Christmas. (laughs) So starting on December 13th, we are going to be highlighting one children's Christmas book every day from then until Christmas and give you guys hopefully an infusion of new book ideas for your kids for Christmas. Yes, so you can take these books and wrap them and do sort of an advent calendar countdown. You can do activities with them. You can read them before bed. You can just give them them. as Christmas presents. So many things to do with these books. Oh, and I heard someone gifts one copy of every book that they give to their children they also give a copy to their library I think that is also a good idea I love that yes I love that a lot okay so so many ideas and if you guys have ideas let us know too because we are always looking for new ideas when it comes to books yes we would love to hear your favorite Christmas books and any books too but (laughs) let us know and be watching on our instagram stories and on facebook that's where that is going to roll out starting on the 13th so lucky friday the 13th woohoo all right so now all right disclaimer time disclaimer time clear the children from the room must be empty unless they're older children uh we are going to be talking in this episode about well, how to tell the truth about Santa. (laughs) So we're going to be talking about um, things that our younger family members may not want to hear or may not be an appropriate Or may not be ready to hear. Yeah. Yeah. They may not be ready for it. And you may not be ready for them to hear it. If you are basking in the love of Santa Claus with your young kids, keep basking. Don't end the don't end the magic any earlier than it needs to, right? Exactly. Put those headphones in or listen to this at a time when the little ones are not running about. So there's your disclaimer. There's nothing inappropriate about this. Oh no, it's just we don't want any spoilers to ruin the. We don't want angry emails. Yes, (laughs) none of that. With that, I think we've built up anticipation. I think we should get started. I know. Let's just go straight to this. Today's guest has written books that cover the gamut, both in subject matter and also in readership. 
as she is the creator of Grammar Day on March 4th. I admit to having looked up the difference between gamut and gambit for that opening sentence. (laughs) And then I realized this woman could interview or write circles around me anyway. So from her first writing gig at the school newspaper to her time as editor at MSN, to her writing for the New York Times, and of course, her books. She has always worked hard to find truths and certainly doesn't shy away from her statement that uncomfortable doesn't mean unfair. She was a high school teacher and now teaches at Vermont College of Fine Arts, loves board games, is in a family band, and I'm just not really sure there's much this woman doesn't dabble in. We are going to be talking to her about one of her children's books she has written called Love Santa, the beautiful truth about Santa. Welcome, Martha Brokenbro. Thanks so much for having me, Amanda and Jill. We are so excited to talk to you today, right before Christmas, about, well, mostly about your book, Love Santa. And in the intro to the episode, we've given a disclaimer of sorts. So hopefully no children are going to be listening to this discussion, but I'll give the parents one more shout out to put in earphones or usher your children out. And I'm just going to come right out and say that this book walks through the stages of belief, if you will, that a little girl has in Santa from believing unconditionally to the knowledge that Santa isn't a fat man in a red suit. So now that that's out there, let's talk about the book a little bit more and how parents can use this to tell their child what you so wonderfully put in the subtitle as The Beautiful Truth About Santa. The illustrations are beautiful. The book itself is charming and so special with its watercolor artwork. And I love especially the format of the book with the letters. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the book, why you wrote it the way that you did, and just kind of how it came to be? Absolutely. So the book came out of my own life. My daughter, the the girl in the book is named Lucy. So is my daughter. Um, When she was in third grade, this was after the incident where I messed up with the tooth fairy. This is, this happens, I think to every parent, you know, the kid slips a tooth under the pillow and you forget to put the quarter or the silver dollar or whatever you put under there, you forget. And then the kid wakes up the next morning and wah, well, here's what I did. Um, I'm a little bit extra. So I had formatted a letter on my computer in teeny tiny font. And I would print out these little letters from the tooth fairy. And then I would wrap them in a tiny envelope that I made and stick a little silk flower on it. Anyway, I left the letter open on my computer and both of my children saw it. And that (laughs) planted the seeds of doubts. Like if the tooth fairy is not real, then what if? So for months afterward, my daughter Lucy was kind of dancing around the topic and, and asking, well, but is, what do you think? And, and I, and I would say to her, well, what do you think about Santa? And do you think Santa's real? You know, just to kind of, I, I was gauging whether she was ready to know the truth because Santa is the bomb. Santa's really fun to believe in. And I didn't want to destroy that. And yet I also was not going to lie to a kid. So she came home from third grade with her letter journal. This was a journal where she would write a letter in school and then I would write a letter back. And um, anyway, one of the letters said, mom, I need to know the truth. Are you Santa? And so when she asked for the truth that plainly, I really had no choice. And so 
I sat down and here's my other mistake is I didn't make her a snack before I started writing the reply. And so I was writing this heartfelt reply, much of which you see in the book. And she kept pestering me for a snack. And I was just like, stop pestering me. <laughs> I'm trying to write to you a beautiful letter. Um, <laughs> one of those, those parenting moments that you're just, you love your kid and they're driving you just absolutely bonkers. Anyway, should have given her the snack first. Um, but I, I was at the time blogging for a calendar company, a kind of a family management software called Cozy. And so I thought, oh, I'll just use this letter that I put in her notebook as a blog post. And so I did. It got really super popular, like hundreds of thousands of pins. And then it got shared on Facebook millions of times. And then someone plagiarized it, changed the name. And uh, anyway, it was really popular, but I didn't think that it was ever a picture book because I like, how do you turn a blog post into a book? Uh, Anyway, it occurred to me to do exactly what you observed. And instead of keeping it totally true to my life, um, having the girl write a series of letters to Santa over the years to show her growing up with this belief and what it means to her. And so there was in the real life, there was just the one letter. Um, In the book, there are the many letters. And by the way, you can go to my website and get replacement letters if you should happen to lose any. Um, (laughs) This is another thing that I absolutely insisted on is because it broke my heart. The many times we had books that had stuff that came out of pockets and whatnot, because they would always get scattered to the winds. So you can get replacements. Um, But anyway, that's how it came about, um, at least the original Genesis. Now, my editor, Arthur Levine at Scholastic, was the one who found the illustrator, Lee White, who did a beautiful job. And the design of the book was actually the idea of an intern um, who's now an editor at Scholastic. Her name's Kate Feldman. Um, Her mom is a famous children's author. So a whole lot of people went into the production of, of the book. Um, but it really did come from a question my daughter asked. Wow. And that letter that went viral is still lives in infamy on the web for sure. I, you know, I think lots of parents do a great job and have good ideas for their kids and can do things in their own way. Um, and so I'm, I'm not going to take credit for it. I'm happy to see it because this is a big milestone and how you navigate this one um, and why. And so I'm happy to see all of them. I was not happy to see the plagiarized version. I thought that was really uncool. Um, and I every once in a while, we'll get an email from people accusing me of being the plagiarist. Um, and uh, anyway, so people don't plagiarize. Um, come up with your own stuff um, or, you know, support the original author. Right. But anyway, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm happy to see lots of people embracing transitions with their kids. And this really is a big transition. If you're one who thinks about learning, learning about Santa's a rite of passage, I think that having this presentation of actual letters in envelopes, uh, it really elevates the discussion and makes it even more special. It's a, a very close bonding moment with your child that you're reading a story together, which is, you know, standard, I guess, for a picture book experience. But then there's this added component of opening the letters, the envelopes, pulling these letters out, reading it together. 
And I, I just love how holistic this approach is for something that is such a big, I, I love the word that you use this transition from Santa to not Santa, I guess. <laughs> it, it really is sort of a, a rite of passage. And have you heard any sort of feedback from people who've used it, stories of how they've used it, that sort of a thing? I've heard lots of great feedback. Um, it always makes me really happy when people say, oh, you know, I saw the book and I bought it and I've saved it, um, you know, just for this moment. And so parents anticipating this is going to happen, you know, it's um, I've heard from lots of parents who, you know, they said that they both cried together and I hope that they're, they're happy tears because the book, what it's the message of the book, what it really says is that yes, there is magic in the world. And now you get to be the source of that for others. And I just think that that's such a powerful thing that we get to tell kids, you can make the world a better place. Um, and, and you've seen it and you felt how it feels. So go out there and do it. Um, and so I've heard lots of, of parents and, and um, they talk about things that they've done being on Santa's team, you know, choosing those ornaments from the tree at the mall or at church or wherever and getting something for someone in need or, you know, just being kind to someone. Um, and I, I love hearing that. And anybody who wants to send me that kind of email will be my favorite person for that day. Cause it really does make me feel good about, um, spending my life making these books. That's wonderful. So how did your daughter, how did Lucy react when you gave her the letter? Well, first I gave her the snack. <laughs> then I gave her <laughs> the letter and she hugged me and was then said thank you and was glad to know the truth and glad that it had been given to her in a way that didn't feel anticlimactic or cold. Um, now, two years later, Lucy is a big sister and she was so excited to be Santa for her little sister, Alice. And so then when Alice asked the question and I gave Alice the same answer, Lucy was heartbroken. She's like, I wanted the magic to last. Um, and so Lucy, Lucy got to feel what it's like being a parent at that time of transition. And uh, so now both kids are on Santa's team and that's uh, been, it's been pretty wonderful. And now Lucy's an adult. She's now 19. She's in college. Um, and uh, so even more transitions to yeah. come. So at what age um, did Lucy start to uh, ask these questions? Kind of what age is natural? And how can you as a parent, you know, tell that uh, maybe the tooth fairy, the Easter bunny, you know, maybe these things, it might be time to bring out the book. <laughs> like at, at what kind of age and stage do you think this is appropriate? Well, <laughs> you know, each kid is so different. I can remember being about six years old and looking at the writing on the Christmas packages and saying, hey, that's the same writing as my mother's and figuring it out. And yet, you know, I, when I was teaching high school, I was really surprised to find out one of my students, this incredibly sharp girl, um, she had believed until she was 12. And so, you know, it varies. It depends on the kid. But certainly, um, if they ask, 
I would have a really hard time keeping, you know, perpetuating the myth when they've asked me for the truth. Um, or um, there might be a little Santa crisis at school. There was a school in Iowa where um, something bad happened and an entire classroom of students was informed. And so this was before the book came out. Um, but a pal of mine is a librarian at the school there. And so I sent him the, um, you know, kind of the, the rough copy of it. And I sent him a whole bunch of ornaments that said, love Santa, um, so that each kid could get those. And I mean, these are things that are not necessarily in control of parents. And that's a point that I really want to make is that once our kids are out in the world, we can't control what they learn and when. Um, and so you have to kind of know what you think and be ready to say what you think, whether it's Santa um, or any other topic. And, um, you know, because we cannot wrap our children in bubble wrap and, and prevent them from discovering these things. And so I think, you know, just being ready for these conversations as the greatest privilege of parenthood, of um, loving our kids, even when they find out the world isn't necessarily what they That's thought. beautifully poetic in a way to, to look at it that way. I do wonder, Santa seems to be kind of the big one. So you have the tooth fairy, you have the Easter bunny, you know, etc. But Santa's the big one. Do you feel like the book and Santa should be the first thing and then have the dominoes fall after that? Or do you think it worked really well <laughs> with Lucy, with your actual Lucy that, um, you know, that you started with the tooth fairy, that you started small and then it kind of culminated so she ruminated over it. She kind of built up this questioning and then Santa, you know, dropped the bomb at the end. Do you feel like there's a, an order? <laughs> you don't want to shatter. You don't want to shatter all the idols in one day. Um, you know, I didn't plan any of it. Um, and so I can't say that that's necessarily how I would do it again. And to be honest, I've thought long and hard, like, should parents use Santa at all? And so, you know, I thought it was really fun. And I also think that it's useful to have a capacity for faith in things. And I'm not necessarily talking about religious faith. That's meaningful to some people and it's not meaningful to others. But there's lots of things that we have to have faith in. And, you know, even if we can't see them, um, and so practicing with the tooth fairy, practicing with Santa, then practicing later with our own ambitions. You know, do you want to um, be on the cross country team? Well, you have to imagine that as a possibility, even though that does not yet exist. Um, and, you know, you do whatever it takes. And so um, I find that to be useful. And, and as far as like, when you make the transitions, you know what, just pay attention. And, you know, it's like, have a, have a plan. Like you always have granola bars or whatever in the glove box. Um, have a plan and you think about what are the things that you want to talk about that are important with your kids. And, you know, I, I want my kids to know that I will always tell them the truth when asked, um, that, 
there's room for playfulness in life, that things like generosity um, are important. And it's not just material, but of your time and attention. And so how do we have opportunities to show this to our kids? Um, you know, because lectures don't necessarily go down all that well, but if we can show it through our actions, then that's great. And so, I don't know. I mean, I can't say it's, you remember those books, like when your kids are really young and it's, you know, this, this milestone it happens roughly then. And, and well, that's true for certain things, but there's a lot of life that just sort of happens whenever. Um, and so know who you are, know what you believe and drop everything to love your kids when they need it's, it most. It's, this book seems like it's sort of the end of a conversation, but the way that you're describing it, it's it really is a true transition where it's ending a phase of life, but it's opening up an opportunity to start a whole new discussion that's much larger in scope than one single man with a beard that you know, <laughs> it goes beyond into any aspect that you want it to reach. And it's, it just, I think, makes it all the more impactful on the ability that this book has to make that connection with your children and to reach them in a way that other mediums really, really can't do. Picture books are just, they're, they're perfect for that, right? You've got your kid on your lap, you're holding them, you're looking at images and words together. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's hard to do that in a non-loving fashion. And, you know, isn't that all we ever want with our kids is an authentic, age-appropriate connection? That's what I want. <laughs> I don't, I can't speak for others, but that's yeah. definitely what I want. So I, I do have a question. Other than making sure that you have a snack ready to go, do you have any recommendations <laughs> for, you know, if you have loved Santa and you feel that the time is right, how do you envision this conversation or this introduction of love Santa to a child? Do you have any recommendations for how to make this a really positive experience? I do. And, you know, the book welcomes kids to Santa's team. And after you close the cover, you look at your kid and say, you're on Santa's team now. What do you want to give to the world? Is there someone who needs something? Um, is there something you have to offer? What is it? Let me help you do that. And, you know, give the kid the power. There's nothing that feels better than being generous and taking care of others. And when you center the child in that and say, you have the power to make a difference in someone else's life, you have the power to give of yourself, um, that I think that's the best feeling that a child can have. Um, when Lucy was 10 or 11, she decided that she wanted to um, give a toy to every child in the hospital at Christmas. And so she ended up raising a thousand dollars and we bought a whole bunch of toys and we wrapped them and we delivered them. And I still have a picture of her coming down the stairs at our house, holding a great big present. And the look on her face is pure light. And so that's my hope is that we can give our children the power to make a positive difference in the world. Wow, I can imagine 
I, that's what I want for my children to have that desire, to have that hope, to have that willingness to give to people. I want my children on Santa's team for sure. (laughs) Yay. Welcome aboard. (laughs) Thanks. Well, they're a little too young, but (laughs) soon I want them on Santa's team. Keep it intact. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Well, so I want to just really, really quick, I want to read a snippet from this last um, letter that Lucy receives from her mom. So I'm just going to read a little bit for a little taste of kind of how the direction of the letter goes. It's much longer than this, but I'm, I'm just going to give a little snippet. I'm not Santa. There's no Santa. I'm the person who fills your stocking with presents. Santa is a teacher who helps us believe. All your life, you will need to have faith in your family, in your friends, in yourself, in things you can't see or touch. Santa is love and magic and hope and happiness. And now you know the secret of how he gets down all those chimneys on Christmas Eve. So that's kind of, I feel, the essence. And you shared with me the song that Lucy surprised you with about this. Can you tell us a little bit about the song? Yes. So this is one, um, Lucy, um, you know, this this book has been the process of, of many years and lots of growing. And Lucy is a really artistic girl, and she um, studied jazz singing with a wonderful teacher in Seattle. And together, they um, wrote and recorded a song called "Santa Is Love." And she surprised me with it for my birthday, and you know, which is in the summer. And so, anyway, I was listening to Lucy singing um, these Christmas carols, and then all of a sudden, an unfamiliar carol came on and I listened and I started listening closely to the lyrics and um, I just wept at the gift that she had given me and and frankly that she had the ability to do it at all. And this is one of the things that I love most about being a parent is, yes, we always expect our children to grow and to be able to do things, but then when they actually can and when they can do things that you can't and when they can do stuff better than you can and better than you would have imagined. It's an extraordinary feeling. And so that to me, um, Santa is love is Lucy's interpretation of the experience we had together. She had growing up and I couldn't be prouder. It's beautiful. I, I love the song. I listened to it and it, it, feels that the message is true to the book and it takes it one step beyond on the maturity scale beyond this transition of learning the beautiful truth about Santa and then coming out the other side, knowing that Santa is love and love is all I need. <laughs> well, and I can say that it's um, people can listen to the song. It's on iTunes. It's, you know, YouTube. If you just search um, Lucy Burliant, Santa is love. You can find it, and um, we haven't made very much money with it, but what we have made, we've donated to a charity called Water First, which was Lucy's choice, Um, and they help provide clean water and sanitation for some of the world's poorest people. And so it's, Amanda, just what you said. It's that, you know, taking it one step beyond, and isn't that what we all dream of for our children is that they will go one step beyond 
and uh, help heal a little bit of this broken world. So we'll play a little snippet of it um, at the end of the episode. So I have one more question for you, Martha. Um, But first, I am not sure how to list everything that you've written (laughs) and everything. Um, But where can we find out more about you and your work? You can go to my website, MarthaBrokenBro.com, and that has a list of my books. Um, And you can always at any sort of independent bookstore, um, if they don't carry it, you can ask them to order anything. Um, My most recent titles, there's another picture book called Cheerful Chick about a wee chicken who's born super energetic and loves cheerleading and nobody wants to be a cheerleader with her. And it's pretty cute and funny. That one's illustrated by Brian Wan. Um, For older readers, there's my two biographies, one called Alexander Hamilton Revolutionary. I know that one's on sale right now at Target. And then there's a biography um, of Donald Trump called Unprecedented that um, would be a useful guide for anyone who's puzzled by the impeachment proceedings and how we got here. So not quite the same as Santa. Not not quite. A step (laughs) beyond it. (laughs) Well, um, so Jill has um, gotten the Dinosaur Tooth Fairy book, and she was reading it to me. I, I don't have access to it here, unfortunately, but she was reading it to me, and I will for always and forever more call pockets shirt caves so that is now going to be in my vocabulary every day (laughs) that was that was a fun one that was my very first picture book um and yeah and so I've got I've got a bunch more coming they're not out yet I have there's one if your kids are going back to school there's back to school with uh, Bigfoot goes back to school um and that one is a little bit about the anxiety that the kids face going back to school in the fall. There's going to be a sequel to that one as well. Um, so anyway, lots of books oh, coming. Um, so, I look yeah. forward to them. I was looking at your website and I saw the the Bigfoot book and I got really excited. My husband loves Bigfoot. Oh. And I like, I don't know how much he actually believes like it's one of those things that I like we talk about it and I look at him and I'm like I think you're joking but I think there's like a five percent chance you actually believe in Bigfoot and he's like convincing our six-year-old son too which you know sure there may be Bigfoot but it's just this funny thing in our family that Bigfoot that that dad thinks is real and so I got excited about I love that finding Bigfoot book um that one is that's that's basically I wrote that for people just like your husband and son. And it's Sheldon nonfiction. Um, please check it out. That one that is that has been a really popular book. Um and it's so goofy. Um, but there are uh like you could go on your own Bigfoot expedition. I think it's chapter seven that tells you how to do that. And uh Oh, that, awesome. that does sound right up there, Ellie. They love reading nonfiction books together. They're both nonfiction fans. I love fiction. And so they like, so I like those books that kind of pull in both of it, like the nonfiction aspect where they're actually going out and looking for it, but kind of that, that fiction fun fantasy aspect too. So that's yeah, awesome. It's, I, I just keep, I can't stop writing about Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my six-year-old, thank you. Uh, okay, anyway. so wait, you need to go to a website called middleofbeyond.com because they have Bigfoot cardigans 
And I, my family has a thing every year we get matching sweaters. And so a couple years ago, we got Bigfoot cardigans and everyone wears them to death. Um, even my 15 year old daughter, who is not much for gimmicky clothing. And so these are really the most awesome sweaters ever. Okay. That is awesome because I have the hardest time buying presents for my husband and I'm on this website right now and you might've just saved Christmas. Team Santa for the win. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, sorry to break up the Bigfoot club here, but um, Martha, we like to give a takeaway or a challenge to, well, we like to have a challenge, I guess, of ourselves as well. Do you have a takeaway for us? You know, the challenge, reading is really important. Reading changes lives. And so here's my challenge is that you get yourself a book, maybe one you wouldn't otherwise have written it or have read and ask, you know, why did this person write it? And why did it get loved enough to publish and see if you can expand the corners of your world just a little bit that way. I love that challenge. Well, thank you so much, Martha for coming and talking to us about Love Santa and Team Santa. We are all a big fan of Team Santa. So so thank you for all of your work and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me and happy holidays. Uh, Well, I don't know about you, Amanda, but I feel very warm and fuzzy after this interview. Just the topic and the way that Martha has this this love and passion about the subject and the way it came about with her daughter. Just the whole interview just made me feel so warm and happy. Yeah, what a great warm relationship she has with Lucy and it sounds like with her other daughter as well. I mean, yes. I want my child to write a song about a transitional moment in her life and give it to me as a surprise. Like the just having something that could be a traumatic event like what happened to me is I found out about Santa on a school bus and I still remember that moment because you know another child who was my age said you don't still believe in Santa do you and it was heartbreaking for me because I did still believe in Santa but of course I was just old enough that you know but so I I feel like such a such a risky event ended up so beautifully <laughs> for for Martha and her daughter and I'm so grateful that she has shared such an easy I mean all things relative this is still a a difficult topic but relatively easy way to have this conversation and to start a discussion about such a complicated topic as faith I think it's wonderful I think it's great. I think so too. And even I was thinking as I was listening to Martha and and even if I wouldn't want the book to be the one to tell my kids um, the truth, I feel like the, the letters and the way that the discussion happens in the book gives me ideas and thoughts on what I want to say when the time comes and, and when my kids start asking me more pointed questions. Because already I my husband and I decided we don't want to lie to the kids. So we kind of, similar to what Martha said in the interview, when our kids ask us questions, we kind of turn it around on them and, and you know, ask them what they think and, and things like that. But there's going to come a time where they, they dig deeper and want to know. They're, they're not going to take my evasion anymore. They're going to want specific answers. And so when that happens, 
they it it gives me language to use. It gives me ideas and thoughts to use, and and that that comforts me a little bit because I do worry about that time and and making it feel like I don't want them to feel like I deceived them all these years because I. I really have tried hard not to. And so to come to the end of it and, and have them still feel like I deceived them, even after trying hard not to make it that way, would, would hurt a lot. It really would. I feel also that Santa has been such a difficult topic for me. As soon as we had our children, it's been sort of this source of anxiety in a way because of the difference in cultures between my husband and I, the Santa of the Nordics, or at least of Finland, is very different from the American Santa. And I imagine that that could be true with other cultures as well. So I'm anticipating, at least, that my children are going to be suspicious about Santa a little bit younger than other kids, perhaps. And I feel like this is something that helping them this way with a book that has pictures, it has, it, it really does read as a mother would write to her child. You know, the first letter to the last letter, it sounds very much like words that I would love to word it on my best days of parenting, you know, and there's no telling what I am actually going to be feeling like the mindset that I'm going to be in. Whenever this topic comes up, I feel like we're walking on eggshells that my child is just going to like pop up and discover it. So having a plan in place as, as Martha was talking about to just have a plan, know how you're going to discuss it. And this could apply to things beyond Santa as well, to just use books to tackle difficult subjects and to have a plan and a book ready to start the conversation and to have that not so heavy on your mind. It's a big thing for me. So even though my kids are are a little bit away from needing this book, hopefully there's still some time for my family to still have the Santa spirit. I'm still going to have this book on hand and ready with a plan in place so that we are just at any point that they start asking questions. I don't have to lie. I don't have to feel like I'm deceiving them in any way. And I have a framework through this book. I think it's, it's wonderful. As do I. Fantastic discovery and a wonderful interview. Right. So just a reminder, follow us on Instagram, one underscore, one written out, O-N-E underscore page underscore podcast on Instagram. And you can find us our Facebook page as well, one page podcast. You can go to our website at onepagepodcast.com. You can find us in any of these wonderful places. And <laughs> we will be posting about the 12 days of Christmas, the 12 books of Christmas, if you will. And we're going to end this episode with a snippet of the song that Lucy surprised her mother with. Go check out the song on iTunes or go to the website. And if you do happen to buy the song, remember the great cause that it's supporting. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. The snow, it falls with that magic glow The wind, it whispers, it's time You know the letters
No. Oh.